We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back to the best best ball podcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. This is a special edition of the show as myself and Sean Siegel draft through the final stages of the FFPC tournament draft as we hopefully round into a, a pretty successful team here to, to see how this roster lines up uh, at the end of the season. But obviously uh, going through the process now, still uh, early in the I guess the tournament stages of this best ball contest, but we will be drafting some more teams as we go through it. But I think this was uh, an interesting one. Now on this overall series, you've been able to hear me draft with Sean, Sean drafted with Zachary Kruger, and I drafted with Zachary Kruger as well. So we have three of these drafts in the book, uh, drafting out of different slots, but this was the first one from that back end uh, of the first round, and that was the 11th pick. So it's interesting to see how it plays out here. But we're going to be talking here about uh, some of our favorite zero RB candidates, a couple of uh, later targets at the quarterback position, and much more in the draft. So we'll jump straight into it and get back to our live draft. I just think we we will have uh, options. I, well, I'm hoping that's not famous last words, but uh, we will definitely have a, a number of options at the quarterback position. You know, there is Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins left, Carson Wentz, Tua is there, Baker Mayfield is there, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he mentions there, Daniel Jones is there, Ben Roethlisberger is there. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has, uh, in terms of ADP this year, has just been left for dead, it seems. Um, but <laughs> I don't think he's... Uh, quite quite as bad as going i don't even know what quarterback position that is but he's he's down there pretty close to 30 uh do you do you think there's a have you drafted him at i haven't but have you drafted him at all this season i haven't and he's not necessarily one of my targets in that uh well he's not necessarily one of my targets but i do think that his adp is silly right i mean you look at the ADPs for claypool for Deontay Johnson, for Judy Smith-Schuster, it's going to be impossible for those guys to return value and have Roethlisberger down where he is. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And look, um, I am i don't know if it's too cautious at the quarterback position, but I, I try to get, especially in the you know, 28, 28 round drafts, you know, guys that I know that are, are definitely going to be starting. And it would take something 
you know, to change drastically for him, not to be the, the starter for the, the entire season in Pittsburgh outside of injury, which obviously we can't, uh, he does tend to get injured, but, um, you know, I, I just think it's so, so low um, at this point. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what comes back around to us. We look, Sean, at the entire construction of the team to this point. We have one quarterback, three running backs, five wide receivers, two tight, three tight ends, sorry. Um what, where are we where are we looking to really go now in these last um number of rounds obviously we do need a second quarterback but we have um five selections left yeah so the only position that we we know we're locked up on is tight end we need a second quarterback we need more wide receiver firepower still we're going to target a couple of our late running back favorites do you have another running back in this range who is a key own for you with the structure that we currently have? Yeah, my my real hope for who gets back to us here, but it, look, it, it, when I say this, it probably won't happen. But Rondell Moore is my like hopeful target here at this point, uh, you know. But in terms of who's left, uh, Giovanni Bernard is somebody who I'd be very interested in. Rashad Penny is somebody. Philip Lindsay is somebody who'd be in there, and then just purely based on uh, you know Christian McCaffrey going. At the the first overall pick and and how that depth chart looks to shape up chubba howard is there who obviously we don't want anything to happen to christian mccaffrey but um i think he's somebody who's interesting there and uh, you know we talked about the the big gap backs on a, a recent podcast um you know he he certainly fits into that mold so they're kind of some of the guys somebody who i've been getting really late in some of those drafts as well as uh, wayne gallman um and then Ahmed as well they're they're guys who just you know the backfield could turn around um, a little bit so they're kind of the guys that i'm leaning most to so i think we have an, a, a lot of options um is if, if it would happen is more um the the instant pick for you if he does get there and if he doesn't get there are we, are we looking towards the, the running back position then yeah more would be a slam dunk pick i think that if he's not there we've got to take a real good look at the quarterback, we had a couple of interesting names just go off the board. Tua, who has the week 14 bye, doesn't necessarily fit if we're going to go with two quarterbacks. Mayfield, though, goes. Justin Fields goes. So a couple of the, the younger names. I, I think that Mayfield is a really sneaky pick. I don't think that he should be going that late. And then Fields, obviously, a pick where if he plays, is going to be an absolute slam dunk. Kirk Cousins goes off the board here. So we're starting to get into that range where QB could be a little bit more of an issue. Um, you know that I'm not 100% on board with Matt Ryan. I think, though, if we get him at, like, you know, <laughs> four rounds after we talked about him, it might be more palatable. Yeah, so if he comes around here, I think that that obviously is absolutely fine. <laughs> Where are you? Are, do you have that same kind of shy away? I, I'm not getting a great vibe from you off of Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I think is really the person that potentially gives us upside. Daniel Jones would be the other one. Madison Parkhill has written a really compelling article about his breakout potential. And again, they've got upgraded wide receiving weapons, uh, maybe not great offseason reporting on their first round wide receiver pick which i think people probably uh, weren't that surprised about other than uh the giants themselves 
but he also has that rushing upside. When you think about how the rest of the rushing quarterbacks are being valued, he seems like a bargain. Yeah, I, I Daniel Jones is the guy. A lot of my drafts, Sean, are uh, involving that fifth round quarterback. Um, you know, one of those kind of uh, guys that I really like in that second tier, and then into Matt Ryan, kind of Tom Brady range, uh, maybe Ryan Tannehill, and then into Daniel Jones tends to be that guy that I'm getting there. Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz uh, have been the ones I've been kind of picking up. I just have concerns that we could see um, and Rondell Moore went off the, the board with a pick ahead of us. Um, so just a little bit unfortunate there. I would be leaning here between Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. Um, Fitzpatrick, my concern is just, I can't see a full season of just super consistent. And now I can't see it from either of the other two guys either, but I, I kind of think that Carson Wentz could end up being the comeback player of the year this year in the NFL. They're the three guys. I'm, I'm happy to go with whichever whichever you have the strongest lean on. Yeah, let's go with with Daniel Jones. He gives us that that rushing upside. He gives us that potential massive breakout uh, scenario. And I think that again, when we're trying to win the whole thing, looking at a Trevor Lawrence Daniel Jones combo, we have two different guys who could vastly outperform draft position, or they could blow up and and hurt mm-hmm. the team. But we're not necessarily looking at, you know, what's the difference between finishing seventh and finishing 12th. The question is, you know, who's going to help us win the $100,000? Yeah, that was mine. And the other thing is, obviously, we have Barkley. Um, you know, Barkley will get some receiving work. There's a potential for a little bit of a, a boost there. So when we look now, Sean, we're back on uh, clock again pretty swiftly. Um, we have, you know, some of those running backs we talked about is probably where I'm leaning here. Um, you know, Penny, Hubbard um geo um philip Lindsay. have you any strong strong things towards those guys yeah well, let's let's go with Lindsay. i think that he's someone who actually should be very involved early when you consider the rest of the options that they are working with and we want to make sure we have a little bit of that coverage at the beginning of the season aj dylan another back on our roster who is maybe a little bit trickier in terms of you know, those first couple of weeks. So uh, that would be a way to cover that spot. And he's probably the best value on the board. Yeah, I think he's the best value. My only concern there that I was thinking about, and I didn't throw it in because we were stuck for time, but um, him and uh, Barkley do have a week 10 bye week. So we're having two of them on the same bye. So at the moment we have the four running backs, two on the same bye. But uh, I think we should still be okay based on the running backs that we have taken. Um, But it, it might just... You know, how do you feel about you know limited amount of players and then having similar buys? I tend to try and avoid where possible. Yeah, so we're we're trying to spread that out. I think that is the the concern there. At the same time, we do need a couple more guys, and yeah, so we can address that as we go through the next couple of rounds. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting there. Like we did see some other um, you know quarterbacks go off the board as well, but. I, I, to be honest, I, I really like the Daniel Jones pick. I kind of wish if we had got uh, more there and then I would have took my chances on who came back at the the quarterback position and would have kind of set us up at wide receiver. But we will have some additional options coming up uh, as we go through these last couple of rounds. So have you have you a preference on split towards you know, running back versus receiver? So we have four picks. Four and picks. With those four, we probably need to get some split obviously a wide receiver running back and two and two is the one 
that allows us to balance out both our positional needs and fitting with the structure that we've drafted. So if we had been extremely wide receiver heavy, then I think one in three would even have worked. But our draft today has been more running back heavy than usual. And so to get to that seven wide receiver, the six running back with the five picks between tight end and QB probably positions us best to have both safety and upside and the positions covered as we go through the weekly elements of the best ball optimization. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's what I was kind of thinking towards. I was I was leaning towards gives us that two v two. I think we'll see what what falls as well. I do tend to have more running backs at this point. You know that I I do prefer. Um, who are some of the the wide receivers that that, that interest you at this point? Really, it's down almost entirely to KJ Hamler, who <laughs> has a beyond 18th round adp it's one of the reasons why it is important to have the wide receivers covered by this point because the wide receivers from this juncture on are almost certainly going to hurt you now it's not that you couldn't draft someone who would come through but you're really grasping for straws and when you're talking about the scenarios in which a running back blows the league away versus the wide receiver i mean look where we have here in our queue we have rashad penny on the off chance that he stayed healthy and was the guy he's supposed to be, then, you know, he has top 10 running back upside Hubbard, you know, in the disastrous situation, the McCaffrey would go down again. He has, you know, top 12 to 15 running back upside. If Derek Henry goes down, Darren Evans has, you know, RB one upside, right? You could get 11th or 12th scoring from him. You've got guys like Samaje P Ryan, who if Joe Mixon goes down. And, and so you have a lot of these free players who actually do have a little bit of standalone value, but then in the right scenario, they win their league for you. Wide receivers who could win their league for you, those guys are long gone. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And this is uh, probably the most u- unique build in terms of the way it's come out that I have done this year. Um, hasn't been, I, I don't think I, <laughs> I don't know if I have a single draft with two running backs in the first four rounds. Um, so it's just then as we, we go through it, it did alter some of the, the situations um for us but I, I really like those guys um i'd be happy with two of any of those and i think probably what i what i would do um unless something drastic happens between now and then i would be leaning to get two of those in our next two picks and then two wide receivers in our last two picks um is that that pretty much sounds like what you're leaning towards as well it is it is yeah. and and we can go six wide receiver seven running back with this team you know, we're not as strong at wide receiver, but if we're going to win, those tight ends are going to have to come through for us. So the tight end firepower helps us flex, in those yeah. flex spots, maybe moves us a little bit in terms of what we have to do at wide receiver. So that's something else we want to consider as we're looking at these guys. I think that once we get down to, you know, the last three, four picks, it is crucial that we take guys that we like, that we can see a way in which they would really determine the season not get overly caught in the positional structure, you know, knowing again that if we get down to five wide receivers with not starting extremely wide receiver heavy, you know, that could be a little bit of an issue. Hey, Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the dynasty command center podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, 
put the 12 month subscription in your cart and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You mentioned it there about the flexes. You know, if we're taking a tree tight end approach, I think it Obviously, you need the tight ends to that, but it, it gives you that little bit of flexibility as well with the wide receiver position. Um, if you have those three tight ends, would would you factor that into those builds uh, on most occasions? Then for how much we we go at the wide receivers, uh, only to an extent. One of the things that the roster construction explorers do show for us is that it, it's still very valuable to have those wide receivers, but with the three tight ends, it gives you a, a larger range, right? We see it spitting out that, uh, you know, five wide receivers, six wide receivers, seven, eight, all of those will function for you. And so I think do think it's important that if you get those three tight ends in the first 10 rounds, you take the best player available. And obviously we've got back to where we were looking. We have uh, Penny, Hubbard, Hawkins, and P. Ryan. I think Penny is the pick. Uh, the other player that's in that range is Gio Bernard. Um, Thoughts on Gio, or are we, are we happy to just go with Penny? Well, Gio is the, is the safe play here in that we're, we're very confident that he is going to score points as the receiver. I would feel comfortable taking him and then seeing who comes back to us out of these guys who are a little bit more handcuffed selections. So we took we took uh, we took Gio there. And what I was going to ask you, I was going to take Penny, and what I was going to ask you then is if we were in a pure zero running back build, would you be going for the safety of Geo there or the upside of Penny? Um, I thought that was why you were leaning more towards Penny at this point, was the upside versus the safety of you know those PPR points and things like that. Um, any change to who you're targeting there based on it being zero running back build versus having taken those running backs early on? Uh, 
No, not necessarily. Right. I think that, you know, you had mentioned Bernard, we didn't have him in our queue there, but he was the guy who gives us that floor again to make sure we get across that first month where we're concerned about Barkley and about uh, Travis Etienne. We don't want to have those two running backs early and actually be weak at running back. And so uh, that gives us a little bit more of that protection knowing that we have multiple guys with monster upside who will come back around to us in our next pick. Yeah, no, I agree with that. There's an interesting pick there that went uh, off the board. Um, the heavy rookie selections there with uh, Garrett Dokes going off, off the board. Wasn't somebody who was on, on my list at this point, but we have the option now of uh, Hubbard and uh, Penny. Um, I think Penny is the one that realistically has more options if there's not an injury to start and running back um, but uh, again open open to both options probably would lean to penny here okay yeah i uh, hubbard is someone i have almost 100 percent ownership of so i don't necessarily <laughs> need to get more I, I do think that again if, if horrifyingly something were to happen to mccaffrey i mean hubbard is going to have a, a massive massive season i also think he may have a little bit more standalone value than people are giving him credit for but Penny, again, it just all comes down to health. If he's healthy, uh, this ADP makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, no, I, I was like, yeah, look, um, I, I posted a draft on on Twitter a couple of days ago and I had taken Hopkins over Ridley. And obviously, as you know, uh, with Twitter, it, uh, <laughs> the comments coming in were like, why did you do that? Obviously, like, that's a terrible pick. But like, I at that point, I had, I don't know, probably 60% exposure to uh, readily over all my drafts so it was just a little bit to diversify um how much do you take that into consideration when when making those picks i know we've mentioned it a few times today but how strong or how important is it to you know, have diversification across across all those drafts well i think we want to be a little bit more careful about being diversified with some of those early picks they obviously are the very high scoring players they're the players who are going to be the foundation for your roster. If you have extreme ownership of someone in the first four or five rounds and they go down, then your teams, all of your teams become that much weaker. Those are points you're really counting on. But we've talked, and I like to have my guys, right? And especially once you get into the rounds where the expected value is lower and an injury wouldn't necessarily destroy the rest of your team. If you have a guy who you think is three or four rounds undervalued or even just has... Uh, some scenarios in which they're a true league winner. I mean, you look back at Justin Jefferson last season and say, well, I mean, obviously in retrospect, everything looks very, very different. But even talk about someone like a T. Higgins or a Brandon Ayuk, who in the games that he played scored a ton of points. And when you're talking about getting exposure to certain guys, I mean, you wouldn't want to limit that in order to make sure that you had the right amount of diversification. Again, every once in a while, that's going to cost you, and, and you're not necessarily going to be right. I mean, just because you know Higgins and Ayuk did well, I mean, that doesn't mean we're going to pick the, the right guy the next time around. But it is important to go after your guys rounds 11 through rounds 20. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's true too. And when I mentioned like you know Ridley, um, it was DeAndre Hopkins that I drafted, but in that range, like I'm, I'm pretty much taking <laughs> Calvin Ridley. The vast majority of the time, but it, you know, I have a lot of Stefan Diggs, I have a lot of AJ Brown, and they are guys that I really like. And just like who who scores all the points um, out of those guys, it, it, like 
if we if we do this season a hundred times, it's going to change it a number of times. So I just like to kind of cross it across the board. But Ridley's definitely the most uh, heaviest owned um, so far. So as we get ready um, to to get towards our last two picks, the the two wide receivers we have on the board are uh, Ivan put it John Brown, and then you've added KJ Hamler. Anyone else that we should be thinking about here is. I think there's a good chance John Brown will be gone by the time we we make that pick. Uh, no one jumps out. I am intrigued a little bit by the potential for a Patriots wide receiver to come through in a way that's unexpected. I'm also a little bit interested in Alan Lazard and Marquez mm. Valdez Scantling. Again, that would require Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, to come back, but. When we're talking about the 17th, 18th round, you know, you're, you're not going to get everything that you want in a player. I, I'm also feeling more in the direction of taking another running back if a guy we want at that position is available. Yeah, we have Hawkins and Pete Ryan there as well. And you mentioned uh, MVS and Lazard. Um, they are uh, two guys that pretty much in this range, just whichever one's there, I've been adding into the the roster like there's a lot of guys going in this range that i'm not that excited about and look i think i think rogers will probably play this season um i'm hoping he plays but in terms of how the packers offense goes then we're back into a situation where i think these guys will jump multiple rounds i think lazard um and valdez scantling have have shown um what they can do in this offense and if you're going here in the 17th 18th round i think i think there's enough like there's this very limited risk in what we're doing so uh, i'd be happy to take either of those guys as well so how how strong are we on hamler are we do you think like just we'll we'll get him in the 18th or do you think we need to make a move at this point because I, I know you're very strong on him um i think that we'll get him in the 18th he is the one guy that we have left that i do really want to have um you know at the running back position here we have ramon Dre stevenson is still available He's been generating a lot of buzz at the same time. Report out this week that Damian Harris has that uh, offense completely locked up. We know that the Patriots haven't been one necessarily to force their running back selections into the offense, even if they like them. They, they sit those guys for a year, and so there will be a little bit of a concern there. Samaje Pirine, someone who, again, we're talking about a massive potential workload with the Bengals in an offense that should get the ball down to the goal line quite a bit. And so he has some goal line upside. It's going to be difficult for, number one, for, for Joe Mixon to stay healthy. Number two, for Mixon to play the number of snaps that I think it's sort of intuitive that he might play. And so depending on how some of those things fall out, I mean, P. Ryan is going to score some points even if Mixon stays healthy. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that as well. It's not just going to be a 100% of the, the workload coming his way. So we, we obviously have... Uh, the options you mentioned were two picks away we're one pick away now so we're going to pretty much have all those guys available um looking at the the board itself we have um we have just the five wide receivers um i would probably lean towards going wide receiver wide receiver to finish out here but um again if you have a strong feeling to take hawkins or p Ryan, open to that as well i'd probably lean towards one of the the packers wide receivers um, the other player you have in the queue is Nkeel Harry as well. I would probably lean wide receiver here, um, unless you want to go for one of those running backs. Well, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by the running backs here 
And I, I'm concerned that as our Green Bay Packers expert, that you're not willing to take a stand on which one of these guys is the receiver to own. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's a 50-50 proposition um, as to which of those guys uh, is, is the one to own. In terms of the running backs, and which are we going for? Uh, let's go, let's, let's take Hamler here, and then we can okay. make the next pick. That was by the skin of our teeth. I don't know, Sean, if you put that pick in or I put it in, but we were down to the, the final seconds. Um, um, so, look, I think um, with the Packers offense there, I, I can't be 100% confident in either. And obviously, have the question mark then around Rodgers. But um, if, I, if I had to pick who has the most consistent weeks, I would pick Lazard. If I picked who was going to have the highest scoring weeks for basketball season, I would pick MBS. So, we're likely to have Lazard, you know, have those shorter targets. We're likely to see from time to time MVS score those, you know, 60-yard touchdowns. So if I was going for baseball purposes at this point of the draft, I would lean towards Valdez Scantling. Um, I just think that the the weeks, you know, we're hoping not to be having to put players in who are getting 10 to 15 points. We're hoping for those guys who are getting, you know, 18 to 24 or whatever and i think valdez scantling has more chance of having those now it might only be two weeks of the season but i think he has the upside of that well let me throw this one at you at the last second which is that i was checking in again we don't have a, a huge number of examples but the six wide receiver build with the three tight ends has been more successful thoughts with going with one of these running backs well we were running out of time so i did pull the trigger on mbs but uh I think we needed that extra wide receiver. Um, that And that's a perfectly fine selection. I, I like having the wide receivers, especially when we had the two running backs early on there. With the three tight ends early, the six wide receiver build has been more successful than the seven wide receiver build, but they're both successful. And so I, I think we can feel very confident with the direction we're going. So that is the entire draft in the books and hopefully you've had uh, some interesting thoughts after hearing myself and Sean discuss some of those players. Uh, I did mention um, you know a couple of times that it's quick to go in there when you're at the turn you know particularly at the 11th spot if you're at the 12th spot you can kind of plan and you know right these are the two guys we're probably going to hit at this time. When you're at that 11th spot it's just pretty quick with the 60 second clock and if the team at 12 doesn't take the 60 seconds which happened on a number of occasions we were often picking at our 11 spot and then in the wraparound on the, the second pick in the next round um you know that was within you know 30 to 60 seconds so it's pretty quick turnaround and obviously we're recording this as well to uh, have an informative discussion for the listeners uh off the podcast so that adds an extra nuance to the the trickiness of it but hopefully you've enjoyed it hopefully it came out pretty well um so thank you for listening in to that draft we will have a recap where we go through some of the things that we may change if we had a magic wand or what we you know maybe we got lucky with the players that we landed or what players we missed out on or what would be different if we had that possibility to make some alterations so check that out it'll be coming out in the next few days and as always as i get ready to finish up the show i want to let you know that you can get a listeners only discount to a road of his nfl pass all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for more information to save yourself 10 percent on that road of his subscription to get all access and all the content up on the website all the tools all the articles and uh get yourself set up for this season so that's going to do it for this one my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to i was joined on this one by my 
Rotovids Overtime co-host and also co-host of the new Stadium Bananas podcast. Make sure you check that one out. That is Sean Siegel. Check out his work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back with another edition of the podcast, have a good one. Mm-hmm.